Welcome to the Conquer Your Draft Podcast, where fantasy champions are made. Welcome back to the Conquer Your Draft Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Josh, and with me as always is Mike. How you doing, Mike? Good, good. I'm uh, reading up on all the uh, training camp news. Now there's there seems to be stuff every day starting to feel real. We're, we're here. We're in training camp. The draft for fantasy is getting closer and closer. It's exciting. Preseason is going to start soon, actually, I think. By the time you're listening to this podcast, it will have started off the night before, Thursday oh, the night. Hall of Fame game. That's right, with your favorite player, Aaron Nipples Rogers against the Browns. What a what a marquee match. I mean, because it's the Hall of Fame game, you'll see, I assume you'll see some starters in the first quarter. That's probably about it. Like a couple plays. I don't even know if they'll play a full quarter. Honestly, that seems to be like from team to team and how their coaches approach it. Yeah, some teams, their starters get maybe like one or two drives. Yeah. Um, other teams, it's like a quarter, a half. You know, it, it all it's all different from each coach based on what they want to see. You know, are there people competing for jobs and how much they kind of want to push that line of risking injury? Yeah. I mean, injuries are big I'm th- and you only like you have three preseason games, but most like vets, I think want to get in a little bit, but not too much. Like people don't want to play too much. They don't want to play too little, but they want to get them in a little bit here and there. But with only three preseason games, I mean, the chance of big injuries, it's too great to risk going in for more than a couple plays, I think. Well, yeah, exactly. And we, we see it every year. Somebody goes down. And unfortunately, we've already seen it just in training camp. Um, that's yeah. going to be a large portion of our news today is just recapping a bunch of the injuries that have come out since we last recorded. Um, but another thing that's changed since we last recorded is our Patreon is now officially live. So you can find that at Patreon Conquer Your Draft. We have three different tiers available, starting at $3 Canadian, $5 Canadian, and $10 Canadian, all with different perks and uh, opportunities available to you. Essentially, just if you want access to all of our rankings, if you want to get extra start sits, if you want to get extra waiver wire uh, targets, because uh, we released this on a Friday, so in order to give you waiver wire targets, you'd have to go on through the Discord that's available mm-hmm. through our Patreon, because otherwise, by the time that you hear it, waiver wires have already been processed. Exactly. Um, <laughs> trade for targets, trade away targets, things like that. And if you join the highest tier, then then you're eligible to join a Conquer Your Draft Fantasy Football League and play against Mike and I, uh, as well as you become the priority for any questions that you have. You can put them right into a specific channel on our Discord. You are the priority for us to answer, and that goes until a couple hours before kickoff. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a great opportunity for people to get more involved. Like if you really want to get a leg up in your fantasy football league this year, join our Patreon. And even like if you're an American, the Canadian dollar, great value for you. Absolutely. <laughs> very good. Very good dollar value for you. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and it's essentially going to be very helpful for those of you planning your draft. Because like I said last week during our running back rankings, that's where we're going to have everything up to date. Um, When our new website launches, it's currently just in the process of transitioning. So it should be live shortly. 
uh, it will have the top 10 kept up to date on there. But from 11 through 50, you have to go on to our Patreon to access that. And then it's updated every time that we make adjustments to our rankings. And unfortunately, with the amount of injuries that are coming along, that has to be pretty often. And there is a feature in there for a draft analyzer. If you uh, you can submit your team that you have drafted in your fantasy draft for Mike and I to review, we'll give you some pointers on where you need to improve, maybe some options that you can trade away to make your team more well-rounded and available for success. But all of that is included in our Patreon there. So again, that's a conquer draft on Patreon. Once our website is live, you'll be able to access it directly from the conqueredraft.com. And you can find it on our social medias as well. Yep, everything will be right there. Patreon.com slash draft, or just wait for the new website. As Josh mentioned, just will be a couple of days. Um, we will announce, obviously, on the show, but definitely by the time we're on uh, next week, it'll be updated. But chances are, by the time you're listening to this, the brand new website's there. So all the Patreon info's there. Our top 10 for the rankings we've done so far will be there. Um, some other cool things up on the website. But then, yeah, the Patreon's a good way to connect. Get a lot of extra cool stuff. And hey, if you become, there's only a couple slots to join our Conquer Your Draft Fantasy Football League. So if you want to be one of the few, go in that top tier. You get everything from the previous tiers and you get a chance to join the league, battle us. And we'll probably give you some cool prizes at the end. We'll come up with something. It'll be fun. Yeah, it'll be like a, a signed Aaron Rodgers photo from Mike explaining how much he likes him. Yes, a signed Aaron Rodgers photo, but I signed it. Yeah, it's signed by Mike. Yeah, I should I should <laughs> yeah, clarify yeah. that. It's not Aaron Rodgers. It'll be me signing it uh, with with um, an, an explanation as to why I don't like him. Exactly. That's a great first prize. <laughs> All right, let's dive into the news because we do have a fair bit to cover and we want to get into as many quarterbacks as we can on this episode. Um, just a reminder, you can find us on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, the f- platform formerly known as Twitter, now known as X, uh, threads, all at Conquer Your Draft. And like Mike just said, once our website uh, has changed over, you can find us at ConquerYourDraft.com. If you have any fan questions for us, you can reach out to us on any of those locations, or you can email us directly at contact at ConquerYourDraft.com. We'd love to hear from you. Or become a Patreon, put your, put your questions in there. Yeah, and then you'll definitely get on each week. Yeah. Uh, Seahawks tight end Noah Fant had work done on his knee, but is expected back soon. I don't know that anybody's really looking for Noah Fant in their fantasy drafts, but uh, I guess if you're in the position where you're, you really punted tight end and you're in a deeper league, just keep in mind he did have to have some work done on his knee. He's probably going to miss a good chunk of the preseason. Uh, the New York Jets hosted Dalvin Cook for a visit, and the Patriots are in talk for a visit. So more uh, more yeah. AFC East landing spots for Dalvin Cook. He's already got the contract off from the Dolphins. There's been a lot of buzz about surrounding the New York Jets and Dalvin Cook. Um, terrible for Brees Hall's fantasy value, in my opinion, if Dalvin Cook goes there. Uh, because only one of them is going to be great. And I don't imagine it's going to be Brees Hall if the other option is Dalvin Cook. But who knows? They might just scavenge off of each other and they both just do okay, which is not great for anybody either. So I don't 
I don't really love that spot for like a fantasy point of view for running backs. I think it would improve the offense as a whole and definitely improve the NFL team itself. Uh, but for like Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook's respective fantasy value, I think that there are better landing spots for him. Yeah, I think I think at the end of the day, that'll be more of a, a, a football move if Dalvin Cook is in a situation where he is without a doubt and unquestionably the number one and there isn't anyone um, really challenging him, then his value will be through the roof because I still think Dalvin Cook can be a, a game changer in fantasy. Like he, I, I really think he can be. Um, and at the end of the day, one of these landing spots might not give him his best potential, but it'll probably make a, diff- a big difference for the team and the competitiveness, which could help other players. Like I've talked about this before. Like one of the things that I look for is how a team is doing and when they're playing meaningful games. And if they can play meaningful games for longer in the season, that helps you in your fantasy football playoffs. So it could increase the value of other players by putting quarterbacks or receivers or unquestionably number ones on the team in better situations later for fighting for a playoff spot in already what is a tough division. Like I really think all four of these teams could make the playoffs this year which I don't know if that, I, I think we've discussed this, I, that that hasn't ever happened before. Um, but this is the, without a doubt, the most competitive division. And if Dalvin Cook lands with the Patriots or the Dolphins, it's that much better. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Now, obviously, same thing goes. If if he were to land with the Patriots, that tanks from Andre Stevenson's fantasy oh, value. Yeah. Still puts a cap on Dalvin Cook's. And then the added wrinkle on top of all of that is just how the Patriots utilize running backs in general. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. you never know what with you're going to get. a good old Bill Belichick. <laughs> you just yeah. don't know what's going A good happen. old Bill Belichick special, exactly. Which is odd um, because if I was Bill Belichick, which I'm not, and obviously I never will be, but if I was him, I would be looking at Dalvin Cook being like, I could utilize him, yes, as a running back, but also like a receiver out of the backfield. Like he's got that multi-talented layer. Like I'd be trying to find different ways to use him, but coaches don't seem to like that. Like we talked about this a lot last year with the uh, Saints, where they're just, they don't like using the unconventional talent in different ways. And it really hurts uh, Hill's ratings. So I don't know, like I, I really think he could be even bigger of a benefit and could have a huge fantasy upside in New England. Because I still think they're a team that lacks some of that big powered offensive players. But knowing Bill Belichick, he doesn't care. He doesn't care what I think. He doesn't care what anybody thinks. He's going to play the way he wants to play, um, which hasn't always worked out for him. So we'll see what happens. But it could be a huge value. Yeah, that's right. And and kind of along the same um, thread of thinking, but I guess in reverse, uh, the Patriots are hosting Ezekiel Elliott for a visit. Yeah. So if he were to land there, then I think Ramondre would just continue basically in that kind of role that you just described for Dalvin Cook, because um, we know he can be a good pass catcher as well. And then Elliott would probably be more like the the goal line short yardage, like bruiser back, mm-hmm. um, just because that's kind of more Zeke's body type and skill set, right? Like now Zeke can catch the ball too, but they already have Ramondre Stevenson for that. Yep. So... Again, if Ezekiel Elliott goes there, hurts uh, Stevenson's fantasy value, caps his own. That's not a great landing spot in terms of fantasy for any running back to go ever, but especially not now that they've kind of identified Ramondre Stevenson as the guy for now. So 
I think that would just implode a lot of thoughts there. The Dolphins would probably be the best landing spot if a running back was going to go to the AFC East somewhere. Um, obviously not the Bills, because we talked about they don't really utilize the running back position. But if one of those two players went to the Dolphins, I don't I don't think Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson Jr. are giving them like a run for their money. You know, like no. they might become a third down back, maybe just spell them off like a drive or two here and there. But if Ezekiel Elliott or Dalvin Cook ended up in Miami, they're the guy. Without a doubt. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah. Zeke, we don't want to obviously forget about Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, him and Dalvin Cook kind of are together, I think, in this. One's going to go and then the other one will. Like, if you can't get one, you'll try to go for the other. Um, I personally think Dalvin Cook is a bit better off right now. Like, he's probably the number one choice. But, yeah, you're definitely right. Um, I think that that could be a bit of a different in- impact. All depends upon where they land. Um, I'm thinking that with all these visits, we should get some kind of conclusion soon <laughs> like i would think the teams this is why all the visits are happening right now they're like they're in training camp like now's the time um so again more uh more reason to wait on your fantasy draft if you can uh try to see where these players land because you're you're right like if they land in a, in the perfect situation their rankings may just go up because they are still two talented backs who are going to make an impact here yep exactly draft as late as you can try to get as many answers as you can yeah uh, another running back in the news, Javante Williams was cleared for contact and so far throughout training camp has had no issues. So that is all very positive things that speak towards he's having a remarkable recovery from his injury in the ACL. Um, but that being said, the overwhelming statistical data says that at minimum for the st- for the early portion of the season, there's going to be a dip in efficiency. Mm-hmm. And maybe by the end of the season, they get back to kind of where they were. But for the most part, it's that first year, they're not as good as we saw. So that'll be something to kind of pay attention to as the regular season approaches. Because if, if he's going through training camp and he's full contact and there's no setbacks, no anything, then it does speak to, you know what, he is in a much better position than probably a lot of these other running backs who come back from hamstring or from ACL injuries who are like limited and then uh, bear, like just doing the minimum kind of at practice to stay uh, able to play. Whereas if he's doing everything, then he's already a good leg up on all of them. So keep that in mind. You know, you've got like the really positive camp news, but at the same time, all the historical data says that we need to temper our expectations. You know, he's not going to hit the field running the same way he did prior to the injury. No, and I don't think you can expect him to do that. Like, it's a significant injury. Um, even even if he's showing, you know, good signs now, I think it's totally understandable that you might have to sit in a situation here and be like, listen, <laughs> you, you got to wait and see on this guy. Like, you just have to. You, you, can't, you can't know for certain. And it, until we get into preseason, I don't think you can really judge how a player's doing. Good or bad news. Like, I think you've got to see them in game speed. I don't know if you feel differently, Josh, but to me, it's like get them up to game speed and watch them there and see if there's anything nagging. Yeah, I I like to see them on the actual field against another team just because all we see coming out of like nobody's putting out highlights of like this guy sucks in training camp, right? Like they're all putting out like that (laughs) one really big play and everything. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. (laughs) That's a feeling to this guy's terrible. Just a low lights reel. Yeah. 
Oh, well, what was uh, that coach there? Uh, uh, was it Sean Payton, who was very uh, honest about uh, Nathaniel Hackett's uh, coaching job in the Broncos? I don't know if you saw that. I did, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. And maybe we get him in his honesty. <laughs> yeah. Tell us how your players are really doing there. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> um, but yeah, I do like to see them playing on the field because I like to see how they are in game with the actual full offense going, going against another team's defense, not their own. Um, but all at the end of the day, this is all very good news for Javante and it makes him a bit more worth the risk, you know, of taking it because it kind of tilts the odds more slightly towards he's going to have a better year than I think a lot of us expect. But at the same time, you do have to keep in mind, it's still so much data saying, Hey, this guy is going to take a while. Like maybe towards the end of the season, he's back to full form, but it could be not until next season. So you just got to temper your expectations. But if you can get him still later in the draft as a value, then I'm fully comfortable taking that shot because if, if he pays off, it's huge. And if he doesn't, then you didn't really spend too much. It's kind of like JK Dobbins last year. Um, and, uh, you always want to find value later in the drafts, right? That's that's how yeah. you win with those guys who can potentially win you the league later on in the draft. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Miles Sanders is expected to be a three-down back for the Panthers. Um, not really news from looking at their depth chart. That was pretty well expected, but it's nice to at least have the coaches out there going into it. Um, Miles Sanders is somebody that I really like for, for drafts this year. I've tried to get him wherever I can because of the workload that he's going to get. We'll see if it pays off in terms of efficiency because they don't have a strong overall offense on the Panthers. But if at the end of the day, you just get a guy who's getting 15 to 20 carries a game, eventually that's going to pay off for you, right? And Jonathan Taylor has formally requested a trade from the Indianapolis Colts after owner Jim Ursay declined to extend his contract. Ursay was pretty quick to come back and say they are not trading Jonathan Taylor at all. Yeah. So a bit more running back drama to carry us through this running back drama filled I mean, off season. If, if you saw the the comments, I mean, it, it goes to show you exactly how the NFL feels about running backs right now. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like they, they're, they're not the, the, the person like they're not right now. They do not feel running backs are worth as much as any of these other positions. I mean, you're even seeing, um, you know, I, I saw um, a couple defensive players get extended over the past couple of days. And you're seeing like big money being spent on defense. Like they're just being, they're just not being looked at the same way in terms of their lifespan, in terms of what they can do. So the running back situation is, is going to get more complex, I think, over the next little while. But these comments just should go to show you how they feel about it. And frankly, I personally appreciate the honesty. Like if you're, if this is how you feel, it's how you feel. Yes. There can be things to argue. Like, do you really want to have these conversations in the media? Maybe not, but also this is what the game is for. Like at the end of the day, yes, it's a lot of people's jobs, but if this isn't a game, then you lose your value to people. So by coming out and saying things, we have something to talk about. We have something to debate. He obviously doesn't like it. He wants to be traded. Hey, if the Colts don't want to trade him, then he's going to walk as a free agent for nothing later. Right? Like, that's just what's going to happen. He's going to leave eventually. If they don't want to trade him and get assets for him, then that's that's their mistake. But that's what I'd be doing. If you if you don't think he's the value that, that you feel you're paying him or, or you don't want to extend him because of who he is, trade him. Go, go pick up some other players. I can guarantee you there will be teams in the NFL who will trade for this guy. I can guarantee that. 
Oh, yeah, there's definitely teams that would trade for him. Uh, now, the other part of it is going to be because um, they, they likely won't trade him. That's that is probably very accurate. But then he's going to end up being in a situation like Barkley and Jacobs, where it's a franchise tag and then it becomes a whole other situation that they've just kind of kicked down the road a year. Um, there's also been talk about putting Jonathan Taylor on the non-football injury list. Mm. And if that were to come to pass, then essentially the team, like his his status with the team is in limbo for a year. Like his yeah. last year of his contract doesn't play out. So really they wouldn't have to pay him for this year at all. And then next year it would just restart again in the same exact places right now. So if that were to come through, that would probably cause a lot of shockwaves in the running back community. And I don't know where, where we go from there, but yeah, a very that's interesting a, situation. Yeah, it will be. It, that's, I mean, the whole running back situation is so difficult. So yeah, I, I agree. It'll be very interesting to see what happens over the next little while. Um, I still think right now, Jonathan Taylor, he could. He, I think he's primed for a bounce back season. I know it's tough coming off an injury to know kind of what's going to happen to the player, but I do think that if if he can uh, if he can pull it together and have a good season, they're gonna there's still gonna be teams knocking on on his door next year. I mean, even though we're seeing it, so all all these running backs are having these issues, and it's becoming this issue of, of devaluing them. Dalvin Cook and Ezekiel Elliott have multiple teams still interested in them. Regardless, maybe it's not for the one money they want, but taking one-year deals here and there and having great seasons are a really good way to turn around the way people feel about you. So we'll see. Like We'll see what happens in the next little bit. It's going to be interesting. Absolutely. And speaking of turning around the way people feel about you, Saints running back Alvin Kamara is planning to meet with the NFL commissioner, Roger Goodell, to discuss his 2022 arrest and essentially the implications that it will have for him for this season. Hmm. Um, now we're recording on Wednesday, August 2nd, and I believe the meeting is supposed to be today, but oh, really? as okay. of, yeah, I had seen something last late last night that it was planned for Wednesday. I assume that meant today, but as of right now, nothing's come out in the news. Uh, so essentially that's just, they're looking to get some clarity in regards to what, if any discipline action, Alvin Kamara might face this year. Yeah, which will be good, too, because then if we know right away he's only missing, you know, let's say two games. Perfect. Well, a lot of people probably think that he's worth drafting still relatively high because of the potential upside only missing two games. But if it comes out that that six game is more likely what's going to happen, then he's going to stay right where he is, maybe even fall further because you're missing a third of the season that way. Yeah. Um, There's something to pay attention to by the time you're listening to this. We might have an answer. So. Keep uh, keep an eye out for that. And now let's run through some of the injuries that some of the many, many injuries that have piled up in training camp already. So Vikings running back Alexander Madison limped off the field towards the end of practice, but was seen walking to the dressing room afterwards. Doesn't appear to be anything serious. And the theme for all of this is going to be keep an eye on it, because if it becomes a chronic issue, then that's going to impact their ability to be on the field in the season and should be impacting where they are drafted. Garrett Wilson for the New York Jets and wide receiver injured his ankle in practice, was seen limping to the locker room and later was diagnosed with a low ankle sprain. So now a low ankle sprain is the better of the two. It is a, a couple of weeks versus a couple of months. So he is expected to be back to normal before the season begins. 
great news for him because he is a he's going off the board as one of the top 10 wide receivers. So good to know that he is expected to not miss any time come the actual regular season. Um, Joe Burrow suffered a calf strain in practice. He's expected to miss several weeks, probably all of preseason. So that's two years in a row now we don't see any of Joe Burrow in preseason. Last year was with his appendix surgery. Now he's strained his calf. Uh, it doesn't appear to be anything like overly serious. It seems like he will be back ready for week one, but we're not going to see him at all. We're not going to kind of see how that whole offense runs in the preseason with Joe Burrow, unfortunately. But hopefully just isolated incident doesn't, it doesn't become something that nags him further down the line. And I just a really quick note on him. If he's going to play week one, I don't think that should have impact anyone in drafting him. He's been in the league with this offense for a couple of years. I don't. I think he's one of the ones where you don't need much preseason. Maybe he gets a slow start, but I still think overall for the year, he's going to be totally fine. No, I mean, look at last year. He did great, and he didn't play a single bit of preseason. He. I don't so. think he needs to. Like some players, just don't. Like Mahomes, Allen, Josh, like some Josh Allen, like some of these players. I don't think they they have to, so don't worry, don't worry about him. Definitely. Yeah, I I would only worry about him if it starts coming out towards the start of the season. You know, okay, no, you know what, this is still bugging bugging yeah. him. He's gonna miss maybe week one, week two. Then that kind of seems to be something that's more uh, like chronic and repetitive in nature. And is likely going to continue on throughout the entire season, unfortunately. So that would be cause for concern. Yeah. Um, so, again, the themes are keep an eye on that and draft late. Yep. Dolphins defensive back Jalen Ramsey is set to miss six to eight weeks with a meniscus injury. So that's a blow to their defense. Um, Colts running back Zach Moss broke his arm at practice, expected to be out six weeks. So if Jonathan Taylor, for whatever reason, if the way all this shakes out, doesn't end up playing, not that that's really an option, right? Or at least being put out there right now. But, you know, if he never gets taken off the pup list, he gets put on that non-football injury list, whatever. For some reason, he's not on the field. Zach Moss was probably going to be the guy who took his spot. And now he's out for six weeks. So he's going to probably miss, I I would say, at least week one before he's Mm -hmm. able to be back on the field. And they don't really have anyone behind him. So if the Jonathan Taylor situation goes sideways, then the whole Colts offense takes a huge downgrade. And I'm probably not going to be looking to them for anything. Maybe for Anthony Richardson, because they might start using him to run the ball like Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson, but on steroids because they don't have anyone else to do it. Yeah. Uh, so could could maybe see a bump with him, but at the same time, it's going to make it a lot harder for him to do his job as a rookie because they're not going to have to worry about an elite running back. They're just going to be focused on stopping the quarterback in the pass. So a pretty sticky situation if if the Jonathan Taylor situation grows legs. Yeah. So both running backs for the Seattle Seahawks, Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet, are dealing with injuries. Kenneth Walker has a groin injury and, quote, maybe out for a while, while Zach Charbonnet has a shoulder injury and is out indefinitely. Uh, apparently, nothing in like nothing specific happened to Zach Charbonnet. It was more of a something just popped up that's been bugging him for a while, and now it's gotten worse. So that's obviously of concern because you, this uh, apparently came out of nowhere. And then Kenneth Walker has a groin injury, and groins are groin injuries are terrible for 
football because they're so easy to reflare up, especially at a running back wide receiver position where you're running and cutting and changing directions. So it's very possible that Kenneth Walker could end up with kind of like a, a chronic groin situation that he deals with all season and ends up missing time as a result. So unfortunately for me, like he's probably going to bump down a little bit in my rankings because there's other guys around where he was going who are healthy so far that I would probably take over him now because I don't have to worry about, you know, week to week, is he going to have a healthy groin? But uh, at the end of the day, like you got to make that decision yourself because Kenneth Walker does have the ability to be a superstar, especially if Zach Charbonnet is going to be out for a while with whatever's going on with his shoulder. But for me, those, those pieces of news coming out of Seattle where Pete Carroll is always extremely optimistic, like the sunniest sun in the sky optimistic and he's still saying gonna be a while and out indefinitely that that seems very bad because it's more likely he's going to they're gonna be able even longer than that so for me for me personally the the running backs take a little bit of a, a blow there Broncos wide receiver Tim Patrick was carted off the field with a non-contact leg injury so it's now been confirmed that he's torn in Achilles so that'll be two years in a row that Tim Patrick uh, suffers a preseason injury and ends up missing the entire season. So a blow to the already pretty poorly, poor, poor, poor prospect uh, Broncos offense. Um, and honestly, he was the only one that I was targeting out of that receiver core. So that's it for me. Bail out there. Rams wide receiver Cooper Cup left early with trainers believed to be a hamstring injury. I believe right now it's supposed to just be a few weeks and he should be good to go it seems like it's a pretty mild one but like groin injuries hamstring injuries can quickly become chronic and become a bit of a an issue so for me too like cooper cup is going to take a little bump in the the rankings you know justin jefferson's probably going to take his spot as number one just because justin jefferson hasn't had any issues with his health um and they're both elite talents so i'd rather have the one who's 100 percent healthy than the one that's got a bit of a question mark and finally Jaguars wide receiver Kelvin Ridley has a toe injury, will be limited in practice. So that just came out today prior to recording, so there's not too much information on that. Um, just something to keep an eye on, see if it gets worse, and if it if it becomes a chronic injury like what happened with like Michael Thomas. Um, speaking of Kelvin Ridley, did you see the video of him and Zay Jones running a route in practice? I did not, no. So essentially, Zay Jones goes and runs a route, and like everything looks good, like great route, great job. And then Calvin Ridley runs it the exact same route after him. But it looks like he's running twice as fast. Like somebody just put it on fast forward. Like the footwork, the cut, everything is at like double speed of Zay Jones. It was awesome to watch. So yeah, he, is... I mean, he he looks like I've all I've heard is that he looks good. And I think he's probably going to have a really good year. That might change that offense in a big way, but I mean, Zay Jones is still good. Like, they just probably have a, a good one-two receiver punch here. Like, I feel like they've got, they've got, maybe not, I mean, it could be Zay Jones, could be anyone else, but I think that Calvin Ridley really solidifies that receiving core. And I think the other players, you know, you'll see, if they're going to throw the ball more, you're going to see them try to hit other players. But Calvin Ridley, I'm keeping an eye on him. He, he might be a sneaky good pick. Yeah, he, he got he's gotten a bump up in my rankings over everything that I'm seeing on like in highlights and what all the news is that's coming out of camp. Like he, he looks like he's back to 
great football shape. It like watching him just physically, it doesn't look like he's missed a step. Um, but he does have a lot of competition for targets there. So between mm-hmm. Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram, Travis Etienne. So he's still, there are still quite a few players who I would take over him, but I am becoming more, more bullish, more optimistic on Calvin Ridley. Absolutely. Yeah. I think he's just one of those players that you and everyone else like will pick late, but will probably be just a very, very good late pick where he plays every week for you using your lineup every week and he can he can get consistent numbers he just might be one of those players that you can pick later and the value is just so much better absolutely yep he could be a league winner for sure all right let's dive into the quarterback rankings now that we've gotten through that tidal wave of injury news so consensus rank number one for quarterbacks patrick mahomes from the kansas city chiefs i have him ranked at number one mike has him ranked at number two uh, not really too much to talk about there. For for these first three or four guys, there's not going to be much to talk about. No, I think we, we have the same four players in our top. Actually, we have the same five players in our top five, just in different orders. Um, so, yeah, I don't think there's much to say about Patrick Mahomes. You have him one. I have him at two. Our consensus is one. Uh, you could pick him first. You could pick him second. I think he's uh, he's a fantastic, uh, fantastic choice for quarterback. Yeah, actually, our quarterback rankings were very consistent, like all the way through to number like 12 and 13 were pretty much right on par with each other. Um, just mm-hmm. minor cha- minor differences. Yeah, well, one one or a few like positions here, like it is interesting that our conversation doesn't really get interesting until you kind of get out of the top 15 or so. Um, but I think like it, it's really our tiers that I think matter. Like I, I really think the top three, you could have them in any order and I don't, I don't know if you're necessarily wrong. Like, it's just, you know, Patrick Mahomes yeah. being number one. If, if you pick him number one, even though I had him ranked two, you're not wrong. Nope, he, exactly, he's, yeah. He's going to be a big impact player. If you can get Mahomes, get him. Yep, absolutely. Uh, number two consensus rank for the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen. I have him ranked at number three. You have him ranked at number one. Same thing. There's these top three players that are in the first tier. I would be happy with any of them. You can draft any of those three and probably have a great fantasy season from them. Well, and you might as well just tell people number three is Jalen Hurts. Number three for the Philadelphia Eagles is Jalen Hurts. I have him ranked at number two. Mike has him ranked at number three. So we really, they could be like one, a one B one C really. That's what I mean. Like, like Mahomes, Allen hurts. So you had it Mahomes hurts Allen. I had it Allen Mahomes hurts. Like it doesn't matter. It those are the three top quarterbacks in the league. You all three of them. You're exactly right. A, a B C. They're they're all number one picks. Um, if you can get them, you know if if you're one of those people who you know looks at the running backs and receivers first, but you have a late pick and you're like, okay, maybe I need to go for a big quarterback. This is your quarterback. It's one of these three players. They're going to run the ball. They're going to throw the ball. They're going to get you tons of points. They're going to consistently be over 25 points a week in fantasy and often over 30. And they can win you games without a doubt. Yeah, absolutely. If you're going early for a quarterback, you want to swing for one of those ones. Definitely. Um, If you don't get to go for one of them, at number four for the Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow. Ranked number four for both of us right on the nose. Yeah, I mean, you you have him, I think, a little bit lower in terms of a tier. I tier him 
at bottom tier one. He's not quite Mahomes, Allen, and Hurts. I get that, but I still think he's a bit better than some of the next options. So Joe Burrow's kind of like my soft four pick. If I can get Mahomes, Allen, and Hurts, and I'm, you know, I have a late pick and I'm in trouble here and I need to get a quarterback and I'm, you know, losing out on big running backs and receivers, there are tons of running backs and receivers. I would not pick over Joe Burrow. Um, I think he's going to have a fantastic year. I think he's he's gonna he's only got up to go like he had he had a good year last year he's only going to continue i think to get better and he's in his prime so i look at joe burrow like even though we have him at the same rank slightly i think more promising than than where you have him but we both have him at four um and he's the number four rank and i think that's just fair he's after those three who's the next best quarterback it's joe burrow yeah he's definitely right at that tier break for us um you have him before the tier break i have him just after but at the end of the day, if I have Joe Burrow on my team, I'm, I'm pretty happy too. Yeah, like if you, I mean, it certainly it all depends on situational, right? So if, if you picked a running back, for example, you got a good first pick and you got a good running back that you like, McCafferty, uh, Nick Chubb, say, and then you're in your second round and you, for whatever reason, you look at the list and you're like, well, the best player here is Joe Burrow over a receiver running back. You're not unhappy with that pick. Like you're not unhappy with Joe Burrow being a, a good quarterback. He's probably almost as good as those three above that you can get him and wait on him a little bit in the draft. Not far though. I don't think, you know, he's going to be a top pick for most people. So I don't Mm -hmm. think you can wait too long on him, but you're happy if you have someone like Joe Burrow, you know, he's going to get scores for you on a very consistent basis. Yeah, that's right. And, And at number five for the Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson consensus number five for both of us. He is, he is somebody that I've often in mock drafts been targeting. Like you just kind of said, where you're not in a position to get one of those top three, but you can wait around maybe a round and a half and then yeah. go for still a pretty elite option. Lamar Jackson, I've found is somebody I can usually get in like the third round of drafts and still get a solid running back and wide receiver or a combination there of those positions and then have a great quarterback option. Yeah. And I think he's, again, we same thing. We both have him at five. He's right at five. Um, I think he's exactly well suited here, just a bit below Joe Burrow. The good thing about Lamar Jackson is he, he will, he will hurt teams with his legs. Like he will score touchdowns. He will run. Um, I think the Ravens have done a better job to fill some talent in that receiving core. So we can see him throw the ball a bit more and we'll see how that goes for him. But yeah, I, I think Lamar Jackson's a great example of a quarterback that you might be able to wait a little bit, um, still early in the draft, get him, but you'll be happy with, with him for sure. Yep. That's right. And now at number six for the Chicago bears, Justin Fields, I have him ranked at number six. You have him ranked at number seven. Uh, so, and the player that we'll talk about next, it's in reverse. I have him at seven. You have him at six. So the reason that I have fields ranked at number six, for me, the, the edge is what we saw at the end of the season last year with his rushing ability. If they continue doing that, even at only like 75% of what they were doing last year, he, he could easily be a top four quarterback this year in terms of fantasy scoring. I think just because of how valuable those rushing yards are for quarterbacks. Yeah, I think I think for me, uh, him being at seven instead of six has more to do with the team that the quarterback 
at the, the, our and seven in our list, the next quarterback we're about to talk about, about who that team is. And I think that team's on the rise now to make a big move and, and be a big offensive threat next year. I think Chicago is a player or two away still. I like Justin Fields. I think he had a great end of season. I still put the end of season with a bit of a grain of salt because, again, are the teams playing meaningful games? Are they rest? Are the teams they're playing against resting players? What does that look like? Um, I think Fields is going to be a top five quarterback in the next couple of years. I still think he's about a year away from it. So I thought around, but again, around six, seven, that's probably where he's going to lie. But the next quarterback we're about to talk about, I would just pick over him because of where, where the team is this year. I just think the Chicago Bears are not quite there yet. Yeah, I can certainly understand that. Uh, the, the Bears did make some improvements on the the offensive side of the ball, but they do still have a bit of work to be doing. Oh, um, for sure. But yeah, like he, if he's... I'm just looking at the game logs here. So from, from week really six onwards he only had three games where he didn't have double digit rushing attempts so if he can if he can get 10 or more rushing attempts a week like i'm i'm completely happy with that because he will throw some touchdown passes um he will get some rushing touchdowns so i think for what you're for what the price you're paying for him versus like jalen hurts for example uh, i think they're both going to have similar rushing totals at the end of the year and you're getting Justin Fields honestly you're getting him probably in the fifth round so two or three maybe four rounds after Jalen Hurts depending on how your league is right so you can stack up a lot of your other positions and then still get a very high powered running uh, quarterback for me yeah and I think again you 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 like uh value I don't care about value in in terms of draft drafting value you like that i don't um but for me yeah like i get your point justin fields is someone you can get where you've drafted your two running backs you've drafted a a great wide receiver and now you're sitting here looking for a quarterback kind of what i like what tua was for me last year where you grab him later because all the big name quarterbacks are gone and people don't have as much interest and then he ends up having a great season for you and you're right if the bears can utilize him properly and can continue to get him that level of of rushing in his game then there you go that's great and i know we we have a league that that values protecting quarterbacks but quarterbacks getting injured it often happens when they're running around so that's just the thing we don't know much he's still young so we don't know much about justin fields if he's not injury prone that's even better because if you don't get if you get into a situation like what's happened to lamar jackson before where they get hurt at a certain point in the season your value for that quarterback is going to drop because suddenly you've You've drafted this quarterback. You've got them in. They're hurt for several weeks. You got to find someone else. But if Fields can stay healthy, I like. I agree. He can be a top five quarterback in this league easily because of his legs. I for for me, I just think the Bears are one more season away. Yeah, no, that's actually a very good point about the quarterbacks getting hurt when they're running. I mean, like um, we've got Dak Prescott when he got hurt, he was running. Kyler Murray running. Joe Burrow, when he got hurt, running. Running, yeah. Um, it, it's a lot of big-name quarterbacks who have had serious setbacks because they've been out running around, and we see after the fact they don't run as much. Joe Burrow doesn't run as much. Dak Prescott barely runs anymore. Uh, they've been pretty clear that Lamar Jackson is not going to run as much as normal this year. 
So it is something, yeah, you are kind of walking a tightrope there. Um, it's great when it's great, but it does every every time they're getting smacked or making a sharp cut, the the chance of them having a serious injury keeps going up, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, at number seven for the Jacksonville Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence. So I have him ranked at number seven. You have him ranked at number six. And like we just spoke about, I guess for you, it kind of revolves around the team that's around Lawrence versus Fields. Mm-hmm. And for me, it revolves around Fields is going to run the ball more than Lawrence. But essentially, I think we both have them pretty much on par with each other. It's just... Yeah, because you're going to see probably Trevor Lawrence throw more and get more yards that way, but Justin Fields run more and get more yards that way, and they'll probably balance it out pretty close. Um, The reason why I really put Trevor Lawrence a little bit ahead, but not quite up to sort of Jackson or Burrow, is Lawrence is someone with Calvin Ridley and with the changes they've made to their offense, I think they might have an explosive year. Now, again... We don't know what could happen. This is guesswork. But just because last year was a very good year for Trevor Lawrence, adding a bit of skill and talent around him and that offense having another year together, we're really like they they haven't lost as much in terms of player personnel and offense. So you've got a similar group coming back plus Calvin Ridley. And, and uh, Trevor Lawrence, who, what is he, 23? Is that what? Yeah. So he's, so he's one year older that he's been this young quarterback. He's one year older than he was another year uh, under his belt in the NFL. Like I, I really think that Trevor Lawrence is, is ready to really just explode offensively with this team. Yeah, no, that, that completely understandable. And honestly, I would be fine with getting either of them a bit later in the draft. Yeah. Um, I, I would be perfectly happy, especially if you could like stack Lawrence with Ridley. Mm-hmm. That would be great. If you get both. Yeah. Like that, those combos I had Allen and, and, and digs once and like that that's a great combo if, if you can have both but yeah like you're right fields and lawrence are probably of the players we've mentioned so far your best candidates because they're out of the top five that you can get a little bit later with a strong running back and wide receivers that you've already picked maybe even two or three of them so you're in a situation where you've got three maybe even four valuable players and then you add lawrence or fields you're in a good position in in your draft if you do that Yeah, absolutely. You've got a great foundation. At number eight for the Los Angeles Chargers, Justin Herbert, number eight for both of us. Mm -hmm. I'm super excited to see what Justin Herbert does this year because, you know, we saw his rookie year, how amazing he was. Last year, bit of a disappointment considering where he was being drafted. Um, He was being drafted as like a top four quarterback. So now he's dropped a bit. Um, people are a little hesitant, but now that they've got, uh, they've got a new offensive coordinator who we saw do great things with the Cowboys offense. Um, I think that they're really going to utilize Herbert and Austin Eckler a lot more this year. And I think that can only mean great things for their offense because they still have Mike Williams, Keenan Alley, and, and they've they drafted wide receiver in the first round. Like this offense is still ready to go full tilt. And I think with a new offensive coordinator who's hopefully going to utilize them a bit more that in um, Kellen Moore, I, th- I think that they're going to be a very electric offense this year. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, what more can we say? Like eight, we both had him at eight. He ends up at eight. I think this is a good spot for him. Um, I do think that they're another team that's probably on the rise to have a good year this year. Um, so I think Justin Herbert will have a bounce back year. He's again, right in that age bracket to kind of really show us who he is. 
And with Eckler, the Eckler situation kind of calming down a bit now, I think the Chargers have a pretty powerful offense. So he's definitely a good pick. Maybe, you know, again, I think in our tier system, we have him start the top of tier three, um, but not quite in tier two. And I think that's fair as well. I don't think he's going to get you what Lawrence Fields, Jackson, or Burrow could get, but I think he's a good next choice. If you find yourself in that situation we're describing where you've got some running backs, you've got some wide receivers, you're starting to look for a quarterback, and Lawrence and Fields just go off the board, yeah, Herbert's a bit lower, but he's still a pretty solid pick. And I think that's a pretty good quarterback situation to be in. Yeah, absolutely. At number nine, the Miami Dolphins, Tua Tagovailoa, ranked at number nine for both of us. And the first Asterix player on this list because unfortunately there's a very large concern regarding his health coming into the season. It, it's very possible he could get another concussion at some point this year and that'd be the end of the season right then and there. Yeah, uh, I mean, he's he's got to be, you've got to watch with him. And this is a player that I do want to see in preseason and see how he handles in games. Um, I had two last year. I was on a fantastic run with him and then he got hurt. So yeah, if he gets hurt again, and it's gone for the like. It's just is this a is he a prone, injury prone? We don't know. We're gonna find out this year. But I want to see him in game action. I really do before I make any kind of a, a decision on him. Yeah, for me, it's just the risk of a concussion is so it's always there. And like any time he gets hit, you're gonna be holding your breath. You know, is, did he get another one? And he came out and said in the offseason, you know, he considered walking away from football and retiring for his health. So I think that if he were to get another concussion this year, he very well could do something along those lines. And I would fully understand. I would not blame him for a second. Uh, you got to prioritize your health and your long-term health and you're taking care of your family and yourself. Yeah. Um, it just, it's such a difficult position for fantasy because like you saw last year, when he's on the field, this offense is amazing and he is an amazing part of it. And you're going to do great for fantasy, but literally the rug could be pulled out from underneath you at any point. And that is a sketchy spot to be in. Like at, at minimum, if you're drafting Tua, you've got to draft another quarterback who can do something good for you. And that can kind of hamstring your team because you're having to sacrifice two picks to for the quarterback position. Yeah. I mean, it's so funny because I, again, I just, I don't mean to always bring up uh, last year's draft, but I talking about these players always reminds you because that's what I did. Like I was in, I, was in a, I picked Lawrence and, and I believe both Lawrence and Tua were, I selected both of them in the draft, like, and, and later because I, I, had, I couldn't get a quarterback and I had to get them later. And it's, it sucks like to be in a position where you're uncertain of a player and Tua just hadn't had his explosive year yet. So that's why he was available much later and he was a risk. And frankly, so was Lawrence um, at that point. So now you're in a position where, well, you know, he's got the talent, you know, he's got the skill, you know, he's been able to to do great things but is he going to stay healthy we just don't know yeah and yeah it's just so hard because i think he's still going to get hit a lot unfortunately and it's one of those things that at any time like the way our brains or the way our bodies work like it doesn't take much to get concussion unfortunately you just got to kind of get hit the right way and your brain moves the wrong way right yeah so, yeah, it's going to be sketchy, but at the same time, if he plays the full season, he could easily be a top five quarterback, hands down. Definitely. At number 10 for the Dallas Cowboys, Dak Prescott. I have him at number 10. You have him ranked at number 12. 
Listen, um, this is easy for me. Dak Prescott, to me, is in the top 10 quarterback. I've been saying it. <laughs> I think 12 is generous, which is what I gave him. You gave him 10. I gave him 12. Dak Prescott gets overhyped by everyone in the football community, and I don't agree with it. Yeah, we've uh, we've gone into the Dak Prescott debate quite a few times. <laughs> many many heavy, times. <laughs> heavy detail. Um, I am certainly the more optimistic on his prospect than you. Um, we do have a new offensive coordinator coming in, though, and it seems like they do want to run the ball a lot more this year. At least that's what they're putting out there. So, hey, you you might be right to be a lot more bearish on him and say, you know, nope, I'm I'm out. He's not going to be a top ten quarterback. Yeah, um, I can I can fully understand that side of the argument. Absolutely, I just believe that Dak Prescott as an NFL player is more talented than some of his fantasy finishes have been because of injuries and other things going on. So I think that the potential is still there. Um, but at the same time, like he's not someone I'm ending up with in a lot of mock drafts because there no. are those, those other nine players that I would rather have before him. The other point I just want to make that seems to get forgotten where people are like, well, the potential still there. He's 29 years old. Like with almost any other player in the league, you've known by now who that player is like the prime for a football player what, like 25 to, you could make an argument, 32? Like, that that's the prime. Like, he's been in his prime for, what, four, five years? And he's been injury-prone. He hasn't gotten it done with tons of talent around him. He's had talent. He's had talent around him almost his entire career. And he just can't do what everyone says. I don't know what it is. Everyone has a blind spot for Dak Prescott that we don't have for other players. But... Anyway, but the difference between 10 and 12 is probably not that great anyway. Like, it's not a huge thing. So, you know, I think a 10 ranks okay. But I, I still think that he's not a, not a top 10 quarterback. We'll see how things go this year. Maybe he can finally have a bit of a year where he actually has a full season. And with the talent around him and some of the changes, maybe things will get better for him. But I still think that uh, considering what's happened with him, it's going to be tough going again. Yeah, no, absolutely understandable. I I fully understand that that point of view. Um, there's just as likely a chance that he doesn't finish this season because of another injury, unfortunately. It, and it's unfortunate. And don't think I'm rooting against him, people. Like I, I want him to be successful, just like everyone else. It's just he has been overhyped, and I've never personally seen it, just because I haven't seen that consistent play. Because unfortunately, he's been injured. The league is better when we have tons of quarterbacks that are healthy all at the top of their game. And the league would be better if Dak Prescott was was a top ten quarterback because that's another big talent. I just haven't seen it out of him. Yeah, yep. It's uh, it's been a few years now since he had that. Um, what was it? Top four fantasy finish, I think. Top yeah, three fantasy finish. Yes, that was a couple of years ago. Yeah, it's been a lot of injuries since then. So, yeah, he, he is a very divisive player, absolutely, for, for that reason. Because the potential is there, but the reality of the injuries and the fantasy finishes isn't there. Yeah. Um, and, and sometimes that happens with players, you know, like... Like Mike Williams, he's a, a great a athlete, a great fantasy player when he's on the field, but he's someone else who's he's also struggled with, with injuries throughout his career. So Yeah. Uh, but that is going to be it for today. We don't have enough time to get into anyone else. So I just want to remind everyone that if you want the full list of our uh, positional breakdowns and rankings, become a member of our Patreon community, become a conqueror, and go to Patreon slash Conqueror Draft. And again, once the Conqueror Draft website is launched with its new makeover, 
All the Patreon information will be there explaining what you get for each tier. Essentially, the main po- the main selling point is you get access to a Discord and you get up-to-date information throughout the entire season. You get our up-to-date rankings going into the draft. And that's where you're going to get the extra content, like the tar- the trade targets, the start sits, the Thursday night start sits. Stuff like that that you're not going to get from just listening to the podcast. So if any of that interests you, go to patreon.com slash conqueryourdraft, become a conqueror today. And as I said earlier, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, X slash Twitter, threads, all at conqueryourdraft. If you have any questions for us, we'd love to hear from you. Please don't hesitate to reach out. That'll do it for today. Take care, everyone. Stay safe.